0: The Apostle Paul, mightily used of God, wrote several letters to different churches in Asia Minor. The Church of Colossae was one of those churches. Of course, the Church of Ephesus was another church. And woven throughout these epistles was really awesome truth. And one of his main themes that the Apostle Paul emphasized uh, to these various churches was the theme of being thankful... And also being a rejoicing person. He said to the church at Philippi when he was in jail. He said rejoice. And again I say rejoice. Rejoice. Amen. How many of you have just lost your joy before? I know I have. (laughs) I've lost my joy before and it wasn't a good day. So what did Pastor Mark needed to do? He needed to re-up. He needed to do some rejoicing. Amen. Amen. Because it is the will of God. For all of us to rejoice in the Lord. But notice this with me in Colossians chapter 1. And I want you to look at verse 12 and verse 13 with me if you would please. The Bible says giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet. Now don't let that word meet throw you. It's simply an old English word for the word able. So number one we're to give thanks to the Father because he's made us able... To be partakers of this inheritance of the saints in light. Did you know that you have been given an inheritance? And this inheritance is available to you, not when you die. It was available to you when Jesus died and rose again. And when you identified with him through the new birth, he has placed within your means a glorious inheritance. Woo, man, that is some shouting ground right here, right now. Hallelujah. You know, in the natural realm, you may be a recipient of an inheritance. You, You may not be, whatever, you know, the case might be. But inheritances, by and large, are a good thing. Well, God's inheritance goes way beyond any natural inheritance. This is inheritance that you and I partake of right now. Notice the next verse. It says who has delivered us from the power or the authority of darkness and has already translated you and I into the kingdom of His dear Son. Glory to God. You know, there's a time where Mark Thomas and you and all of us are going to go to heaven. Right? But you know what? Positionally, we've we've already made it. He's already translated us lock, stock, and barrel out of the kingdom of darkness over into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, hallelujah, is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness and it's peace and it's joy in the Holy Ghost. Did you know that righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost are a part of your inheritance right now? So then, the more that we are aware of that, and the more cognizant we are of the fact that we are not just barely get along, living on Grumble Alley, defeated Christians but in and through him we are more than conquerors in and through him we can do all things through him for him for the glory of God the more aware that we become guess what the better life becomes and you know God wants you to have a better life he says as a matter of fact he says I've come that you might have life that you might have life not redundantly Hey, come on, let's be honest about it. Doesn't life sometimes seem like it gets a little redundant? But oh, when you get born again, you go from the redundant life to the abundant life. The abundant life. Everyone say the abundant life. The abundant life, the abundant life is life as God has it. And I like how the Amplified Version says it. It says, to the full until it overflows. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the mucho, mucho mas kind of life. Thank you, Lord. And so we're to give thanks to the Father, not just on Thanksgiving Day, but every day of our lives. Well, Pastor Mark, what have I got to be thankful for? Well, you woke up this morning. Hallelujah. He put some coffee. He put some tea in your cup. Thank you. I felt something on that one. He put a little cereal or fried eggs on your plate. Come on, somebody. Woo, glory to God. He's got you here. You're still breathing. You're alive. Jesus is alive. He's on the throne. <laughs> Giving thanks will change your life. Being a th- you know, when you're a thankful person, people just want to be around you. Don't they? You don't want to be around people that are always moaning and groaning and complaining. When I've got like that around the house, Brenda says, go outside. <laughs> go outside, get yourself right, and then come back later. <laughs> well, seriously. It, it's, it's not fun to be around whiners. And complainers. Always looking on the bad side of life. Always thinking the worst. Always believing the worst. Always talking negatively. No, we've got something to talk about. Not negatively, but we've got someone to talk about. We've got someone to talk about positively. We've got the greater one on the inside of us. Amen. Amen. Now, I want you to look over at Hebrews, the 13th chapter this morning. And let's look over at verses 15. And uh, let's look at verse 16. Hebrews, the 13th chapter, the 15th verse, and the 16th verse. Now, it says this. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God when we feel like it. No, no. When we come to church? No. The psalmist said, I will bless the Lord most of the time. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise. If you want God's continued blessing in your life, if you want the Spirit of the Lord to continue His great work on the inside of you, continue in thanksgiving, continue in praise, and it will increase your capacity to receive from me, says the Lord. Hallelujah! Yeah. Glory to God! Yeah. Continually, the fruit of our lips, yeah. giving thanks to His yeah. name. Thank you. By Him, therefore, let us... Uh, back up. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. You know, sometimes it's a sacrifice. You got to slaughter that flesh. Amen. Yes, flesh, we are going to church today. Yes, flesh, we are going to raise our hands in the sanctuary. Yes, flesh, we are going to listen to the pastor today and not fall asleep. <laughs> I know it can be hard sometimes. I've fought the good fight of faith just like you have in church sometimes. But he said, offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Now, notice this that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. We won't look at verse 16, but notice that last phrase. That is the, the fruit of our lips. Well, Pastor, I've got a thankful heart, but it's got to come out of your mouth. Well, I've got a praise in my heart, Pastor. Well, open your mouth and let it out. I've got joy in my heart, Pastor. Open your mouth and let it out. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. Amen. There are things in your heart that you must let out of your mouth. And praise is one. And thanksgiving is another. It's with the fruit of our lips. Giving thanks to who? To His name. Now, what I want to do just for a while today is I want to remind you of some of the names that our father is known by and how this connects then with our inheritance in him. And as we look at these things, I don't care if you stand up and say, Thank you, Lord! I don't care if you get up and run around the building. I don't care if you sit there and look stoic. Just receive from the word of the Lord today. The Bible says we're to enter his gates with what? Amen. The message says, enter the password. Yeah. And the password and one of the major keys to enjoying this God kind of life is giving of thanks. Amen. So let's just think about his names for a while. All right. Think about his names and be thankful for what these names represent. One name that he is known by is Jehovah Sidkenu. Amen. Jehovah Sidkenu literally means the Lord is our righteousness. Amen. And so when we're giving thanks to his name, we're giving thanks to the fact that he's enabled you and I and empowered us to have right standing with God and come before the glorious throne of grace as if sin never existed before, without a sense of guilt, inferiority, or condemnation, and come boldly to the throne of grace and commune and partake of His goodness in our life. You see, at one time, our righteousness was as filthy rags. Man, you're looking at a guy that has been redeemed. I'm looking at a company of believers that have been redeemed. We don't even want to think about what we were. We don't want to talk about what we did. We don't want to think about those old filthy rags. Because when you get born again, he put a new robe on you. And it is a robe of righteousness. And you are cleansed and pure as white by the blood of Jesus. See, the Bible says that he was made sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I just can't get away from Hebrews 4.16, so let's look at that just for a moment today. You know, you're looking at a guy that before I was saved, I was very insecure. I walked around in my life, with a cloud of condemnation a lot of it had to do with you know my upbringing and and some various things earlier in life but i i i walked around with this sense of inferiority and i was an athlete i was the co-captain of my basketball team in high school i was a southpaw and on march fourth nineteen sixty eight no i'm just kidding (laughs) The older I get, the better I was. (laughs) You know how that goes. But I didn't deal with those insecurities. I, I didn't deal with that sense of condemnation. So what I did is I covered it up. And the way that I covered up was with drugs. I covered it up through relationships and Covered it up with things that I thought would make me feel good. And I covered it up to the degree that it almost killed me. Literally almost killed me. When I was 24 years old, I ended up in a treatment center. And you know my testimony. God saved me and delivered me from heroin addiction. To God be the glory. But listen. The greatest revelation that I received once I got born again was this. I didn't have to pay for my past sins. I didn't have to wake up in the morning any longer and feel poorly about myself. I didn't have to look in the rear view window and look at what I was. I could look into the glorious law of liberty and look who he is and look who I am in Christ Jesus. See, everything outwardly in Pastor Mark's life looked good. You know, good looking guy. Six foot two. Hoochie, coochie, coo, whatever. <laughs> Playing college basketball till I got kicked off the team my freshman year. Yeah, he had it going on. Yeah, he had it going on all the way almost to hell. But man... When I found out that God loved Mark Thomas unconditionally. When I found out that as far as the east was from the west, so far had he removed my transgressions from me. When I found out that he didn't even want to remember my old stinking sins anymore. When I found out that he became sin for me. It puts something on the inside of me that I'll be honest with you is growing stronger and stronger every day of my life. This consciousness of who you are and what you have and where you are in Christ Jesus can grow and can increase and it can change your life to the degree that every day you become more like Him. Look at your neighbor and say, Every day, day." I'm becoming... More like, him. More like Him. And so maybe you're here this morning and you're, you're covering things. You're trying to cover this condemnation. You're trying to cover this addiction. You're trying to cover that abuse that you experience. Let Jesus into your heart today. Open up your heart and allow Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, to come into your life and to change you Forever. He'll do it. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. He said here in the 16th verse, He said, Let us, therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace. You know, another word for boldly would be confidently, wouldn't it? Another word for boldly would be fearlessly. So he says now, come boldly, come confidently, come fearlessly unto the throne of grace. I never went to the throne of grace before I was saved. I had religion, but I didn't have Jesus. Religion is nothing more or less than man's what? Search for God. But Christianity is man's relationship with the Lord. So he said, come boldly now to the throne of grace. And what do you find there? What do you you get when you come boldly to the throne of grace? I think I'm preaching to the right group today. Is there anyone in this congregation that ever needed mercy? I mean, mercy for your mistakes. So he says, if you'll just come boldly to the throne of grace... You will be able to obtain mercy and find grace that you need right now in your help in the time of need. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, God's grace is sufficient for you. His grace is an enablement from heaven for you to be able to overcome those things that have overcome you. But I want you to notice one phrase here. Come boldly to the throne of grace. What if I don't come boldly? Will I be able to obtain mercy? No. Will I be able to find grace to help in a time of need? No. So that's why he says, son, daughter, I want you to come and I want you to come boldly. But a lot of people don't come boldly and they don't come fearlessly because they don't know who they are. Now look at Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28. And notice with me in verse 1. Let's take a praise break. Come on, let's give him thanks. Glory to God. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo. Now, did you know that you were just being scriptural? What do you mean? The said that in his temple, everyone must speak of his glory. We've come here this morning to keep our eyes on him, right? Not our eyes on PT or Pastor Mark, but our eyes on him. And when we keep our eyes on him and we're all focused on him, guess what? We get him's attention. And when we get him's attention, I know it ain't good English, but just relax. (laughs) But when we get Him's attention, guess what happens? He draws near to us. So there is a a benefit, if you will, as a church, all of us together. Let us, therefore, come boldly. The Bible says that if we, corporately as a church, if we'll draw nigh to Him, then what will happen? If we come close to Him he come close to us. Woo-hoo! We want Him close in our services. We want Him right here. Yeah, but the Bible says He's already here. But I'm talking about right here in manifestation. There's a difference of being here in theory and principle and being here in manifestation. Hallelujah. You know what? He's here right now. He's here. Just come up boldly to the throne right now and receive from Him. Look at Proverbs 28, verse 1. Would you read this with me? Ready, read. The wicked flee Read it one more time. The righteous are bold as a lion. Mm -hmm. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Mm -hmm. So you who are in right standing with God then must awaken to that fact. That you are welcome in his presence. That you are welcome at his throne. You know that's awesome. It's so awesome to be able just to fellowship with your Father. And so the Bible says, By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise with the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Another name that He's revealed to us in the Word of God is Jehovah Shalom. Say that with me. Jehovah Shalom. 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 Everyone says Shalom. 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 Jehovah Shalom. Shalom. What does the word Shalom mean? So, the Lord is our peace. He's our peace. He's our peace. Now, when you got saved, the Prince of Peace moved into your heart, didn't he? Now, The enemy wants to take you out of a place of peace and bring you into a place of turmoil. Bring you into a place of worry. Bring you into a place of fear and anxiety. That's what the devil's plan for your life is. But now that the prince of peace is on the inside of you, this peace that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of fear, in the midst of anxiety, because fear, turmoil, and anxiety come from the outside, but the peace of God is on the inside. And that's why he instructs you that are saved to let the peace of God rule in your heart. In other words, the Prince of Peace can be in my life, but if I'm not letting this peace rule in my heart, I can yield to fear. I can yield to turmoil. I can yield to upheaval. And so he says, let this peace rule in your heart. And listen, my brothers and sisters, this comes by a quality decision. Now, if there's one thing that I know for sure, I know for sure that every one of you are tempted with fear. You think about the economy in 2008 and 2009. You think about ISIS. You think about, listen, this old world is full of bad reports. The devil's got DVDs. Did you know that? Demonic vision deceiving saints. And he wants to draw our attention away from the peace of God to what's going on all around us. Now, it starts with you making a decision of quality that Jesus said in John 14. So I want to look at John 14 verse 1 in the Amplified Version. Giving thanks to his name. I give you thanks that you are the Prince of Peace. I give you thanks, Lord, that your peace is mine. I thank you, Lord, that in the midst of unstable times, I'm stable. That I'm emotionally strong. That my mind is solid. My mind is clear. My spirit and my soul are free from fear. Amen. In John 14:1 in the Amplified, would you read it with me? Do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, agitated. You believe in and inherit to and trust in and rely on God. Believe and inherit to and trust in and rely on me. Let's break this down. You have the power not to be agitated. See, this very verse is an enablement for you to not be distressed. To not be agitated, to not be intimidated, and to not be fearful. You must make the decision that no matter what is around you, you're going to let the peace of God on the inside of you rule over it, reign over it. And then, closely connected to this decision is also the aspect of saying, Lord, I know this is a difficult situation. I know that I'm facing impossibilities in the natural. But Lord, my trust is in you. My confidence is in you. I refuse to yield to fear. I'm going to yield to the spirit of faith. Did you know that you have the spirit of faith on the inside of you? And this faith that God has put on the inside of you overcomes the world. It overcomes the flesh. And it overcomes the enemy. So stop allowing yourself to be troubled. Stop it. If you have to speak to it, speak to it. If you have to bind it, just bind it. And say, devil, we're not going there today. We're not going down that avenue of anxiety. We're not going down the fairway of fear. We're going God's way. We're going the peace of God's way. Amen. Amen. See the Bible says that he will keep you in perfect peace. But there's a condition to that. If you will keep your mind stayed on him. He will keep you in shalom, shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, but the condition is is we must think the way that he thinks and think the thoughts of God. Amen. Now look with me at verse 27 of John 14 and the Amplified. Peace. Thank you. Don't get so peaceful now. <laughs> Everyone say, peace. peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just like Jesus, you know, in the hinder part of the ship when the storm came, he rose up and he said, peace. Be what? Still. Be still. Yeah. And as a result of him saying, peace, be still, there was a great calm. But listen very carefully. He would not have been able to still the storm if he didn't have peace working in him. If Jesus would have entered into anxiety with the rest of the disciples, that peace would not have been in manifestation. This peace is on the inside of you. And you can still the storms all around you. And he'll keep you in perfect peace. Verse 27, read it with me. Peace I leave with you, my own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. So there it is again. And do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Now you are the understood subject of that sentence. You have authority. You have dominion. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Or in other words, whatever you forbid on earth, I will back you up in heaven. And then whatever you allow or permit here on earth or in your life, I will allow it in heaven. So the power of binding and loosing is yours. I got a word for some of you. Just stop it. Just stop it. Stop thinking that way. Stop talking that way. And start thinking the thoughts of God. And start talking the Word of God. And you'll find when you do that, things will turn around for you. That's a word from the Lord right there. Things are going to turn around for you. But first, we must turn some things around. Amen? Now look at John 16, verse 33, Amplified Version. John 16, Giving thanks to His name. He is the Prince of Peace. Let's read it together. Ready, read. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you shall have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But, stop right there. But what? But what? How can I be of good cheer? Because I've given you perfect peace. Read it with me. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident. Be certain. Undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of its power to harm you. Amen. And what he overcame, he overcame for you. That's why the Bible calls you and I overcomers. Say it with me. I'm an overcomer. Now, there are some things that are standing in our way that we need to come over. But once you come over them, you an overcomer. Now listen, you're already an overcomer. Some of you just don't know it. But you are, according to the Word of God, already, this day, an overcomer. Hallelujah! Now look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. 1 John 5, 4. Let's take a praise break again. Come on. Thank Him for His peace. <laughs> Oh, glory to God. Thank you for peace. Thank you for peace, Lord. Woo, man. I'm, listen, I am doubly thankful for peace. I am so thankful for peace. Because there was a time in my life where fear ruled my life. It just ruled my life. I came into contact with God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And I really needed a sound mind. I mean, I really needed a sound mind. Because my mind was blown. My mind was gone. When I was in the hospital withdrawing from drugs, I hadn't slept for days. And I was so hard up for peace and sleep that I literally wanted to bang my head up against the wall, knock myself out so I could get some sleep. That's not a peaceful person. That's a person that was ruled and dominated by evil spirits and the spirit of fear. And so that's why today I'm so thankful that he restored my soul. I'm so thankful that he put Mark Thomas on a process of mind renewal. And over the process of time, my fears weakened and weakened. And sooner than la- and later on, they completely dissipated. Now, you might be here in that same place that same position, maybe not as radical or as deep as I was in, but you might be here with a fear-ruled mind. Listen, the Prince of Peace is here today. I said the Prince of Peace is here today. His Word is available to every one of you. You know, I've been born again since 1975. And fast-forwarding almost 40 years now, is it? If someone would have told me, Back in the 70s, that I'd be doing what I'm doing today, I would have told them, you're crazy. I'll be dead by that time. But you know, the Prince of Peace reroutes our lives. He changes us from the inside. And His Word begins to change us. And it shows up on the outside. And now, God has placed within every one of us, listen now, the mind of Christ. Say it with me real strong. I have the mind of Christ. Whoo, glory. And listen, I give, all, I give God all the glory. I mean, I give him all the praise. I am what I am. You are what you are by the grace of God. You know, there's all sorts of bondages out there in the world. There's all sorts of things that Christian can be bound up by. That's why Paul, addressing the church of Galatia, he said this, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, wherewith Christ hath made you free. And then he encourages, don't allow yourself to be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You know, my bondage may have been different than your bondage. But do you know that as a Christian... The enemy wants to put a a yoke of slavery over your life and intimidate you to the point and tell you that you'll never, never overcome this. You'll never, ever be all that God called you to be. I say by the word of the Lord that that's a lie and we stop that lie now in the name of Jesus and that there is deliverance and that there's freedom in God's house for you today. Some people, it's smoke. Others, it's drink. Others, it's pornography. Who knows? It really doesn't matter. You've already been delivered from it. You've already, according to the Word of God, been set free by Jesus. And now it's just a matter of taking in and receiving your glorious freedom. Look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. 1 John 5, 4. Read this with me, please. For whatever is born of God is victorious over the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world. So trust is important. Faith is important. Everything that we do as Christians must be done by a spirit of trust and a spirit of faith in him. Now, in conclusion, I want you to look at Philippians chapter 4. And let's look at verse 8. I don't want to give you too many things today. You know, oftentimes you can give people too much and it'd be overload. But I want to give you just enough. I don't want to short you. Amen. You don't want to be shorted, do you? So, so let's look at a couple of more verses here in connection with Him being Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. Him being Jehovah Sid Canoe the Lord, our righteousness. Hallelujah. Help us to see it, Lord. Help us to see it. Help us to seize it, Lord. Help us to possess what you have so freely provided for us. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, I do want to look at the King James Version, if we could. He says, Finally, brethren, and this is my finally for the sermon, Finally, brethren, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, do what? Is it important what we think on? Is it? Is it important what we think on? Now The devil's got videos. I said it earlier. He wants to sow perversion. He wants to sow lust. He wants to sow anger. He wants to sow violence through what you watch. You see, as a spirit being, you were created to feed on vision. And the Word of God paints a vision. The spirit of this world paints a vision. Say when the words paint pictures. When I say the word dog, you don't see the letters D-O-G, do you? You see dog. Maybe you see your dog. Maybe you see that barking dog that's been keeping you awake all night. (laughs) But you don't see letters, you see dog. Amen. So God has placed within us, now listen, the ability to think on things that are honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report. I know of only one quality and one substance that fits all of that. And it is the Word of God. This, we could say, is God's list for us. That's God's list. Anything else, just bounce it out of your life. You know, they have clubs. I don't go to clubs anymore. But they have clubs where if your name's not on the list, you can't get in. They put a bouncer at the door. You're not going in. Amen? Put a bouncer at the door of your soul. You're not coming in here. I'm bouncing you out. Then look at verse uh, 9. When you do that, he says, These things which you have heard and learned and received in me do, and the very God of peace shall be with you. My message for you this Thanksgiving is this. Be thankful. Give thanks to his name. His names. He's Jehovah Sidkenu. He's Jehovah Shalom. My message to many of you this morning is be careful for nothing. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Stand up everybody. Let's lift our hands toward heaven and thank him. For His good Word and His good presence. Glory to God.